This is the Self-Taught or Not podcast with Dylan Israel and Eric Hanchett, where we teach you the do's and don'ts of software development from two software development professionals, one self-taught and one not. All right. Today, we are going to be talking about career progression. This is something that I'm very passionate about. I actually just did a whole section of this on the Scrimba platform for their front-end certification. And being intentional in your career and going from, let's say, an intern to a senior level dev or intern to a director or so on and so forth, depending on where you're at in your career, takes a different action and different thought process. And really, you have to think ahead of time. And it's something I'm very passionate about because I, I think that Eric and myself have done it pretty well to get to where we are. And I, I do some mentoring and I see people make wrong decisions or just think things will happen and things never just happen. You have to be very intentional with your career progression, I think is an important rule and important idea to keep in mind because you can kind of, I like to call it force gump your way through life where just things randomly happen, things randomly happen to you. And sometimes it works out in your benefit and sometimes it doesn't. Or otherwise you can kind of be strategic and and try to go for different goals and Unfortunately, that requires you maybe to leave companies and, and do a few other things that we'll be talking about today. But if you're being intentional and you have a goal in mind and you set goals and you try to hit your goals, I think that can really help in the career progression world. Uh, I have one other note, just kind of kind of randomly thought I thought of at the top of my head right now. Titles. I mean, before we jump into career progression, do titles not mean anything? Is it just like in, in tech, like everybody has a different title? And you can be, you know, a senior ninja software developer, but I mean, do they really matter? What's your thoughts? I think the job description matters more than anything else. And in fact, when it comes to titles on my resume and on my LinkedIn, I don't actually put the title that I'm given at work, not because I'm trying to do anything shady or anything like that, but I give a title that I think is more generic and understandable to the average recruiter. So like my very first title was web engineer. I just put full stack engineer like that's because that's what I was doing. And so I think titles are important because I think it displays what it is that you're doing. And I also think that sort of the old school mentality of like, you can be a senior software engineer with tech lead responsibilities, but if you've never got those, that tech lead title, that perhaps the company didn't want to convert you over for a reason. So I, I do think they're important, but not all that important. It's just, you know, you got to play the game a little bit. I remember one of my first real programming development jobs. I was like, I, I pretty much got in there. I think they may have just said, I'm a software engineer. And they didn't say senior, junior, you're just a software engineer. And then I, then a few years later, I was in an organization that had all these tiers and they had this career progression essentially for software developers. And it started off with uh, software developer engineer one and it went to engineer two and it went to engineer three and then it went into senior engineer and then it went to principal engineer and then it went to lead engineer. And I was thinking, wow, this kind of, this is now a goal I can set for myself because if I use titles alone, then I'm like, okay, well, how do I career my, I would go, you know, how do I step those ladders in my career? But it actually had like a, a ladder of progression. So I kind of like that. But then like it literally took 
years and years to get to one to like I started on one and then I got like software engineer two after a while and then three and then I think by the end I may have been senior but that was like literally seven years <laughs> so the career progression was was slower the the bump in pay was nice and that's also one thing I've, I saw when I was at that job was they said well we can give you the software engineering three title or software engineering senior title but we can't guarantee a bump in in pay or increase in pay and i thought well what's the point of that <laughs> like why would you want to maybe just for your next job to, to to put that down in your resume that you're a senior software engineer even though you never got paid like it and, but i i like your idea of of maybe specifically putting in the list of skills that you did at each job to help to help clarify that but yeah to to answer that last part of the question yes that is the point um, as far as I'm concerned is, oh, you want to make me a tech lead, but you don't want to pay me tech lead money. All right. I, I, I feel you. I, I go ahead. It's like, um, that's like saying like, Hey, I want you to be my boyfriend. I just don't want nobody to know. Like, so it's one of those things where, um, there's a bit of disrespect to it, but it's better than not having it with the understanding that it's a short term thing. So like, he should, if I was in that position, I go, I get my, you know, quote unquote promotion. And then I, I, um, I go elsewhere to get paid for that promotion down the road. Um, but yeah, it's, um, correction is an interesting thing. I actually just did my, I, I don't know if your company does this, Eric, but mine does where once a year you do your, uh, sort of, they call them career roundtables, And what ends up happening is you essentially say, Hey, how did I do this year? And then what it is that I'm looking to do this year. No, I haven't done that. That's, that sounds very interesting. We've, I mean, all the companies I've ever worked for, I have had, I had one company, I'm trying to think back where there was like a very formal review process every year. And that review process had goals for that, that year. And so we would like sit down and talk about like, what are your goals this, this coming year? And we be like, and I'd be like, well, I want to keep progressing in my career. I want to do X, Y, Z. And that was it. But I've definitely been at jobs where it's like, go, go, go. And then here's your review. You know, you're doing great or, you know, you need to improve this, but we don't really set like long-term goals like that. I don't know. I can't, I, I think that'd be fun if I was, if my company or, or companies I've worked for did that. Yeah, it was. Um, I've done it a couple jobs now, all but my first, and the job only had for about four months. But the, I'm so I'm very aggressive with my career. It's sort of been the key to my success at times. And and uh, we were doing the. Uh, they were like, so what? You know, what do you want to do, Dylan? Like, what is the goal, right? Uh, and I was like, well, considering I applied for a tech lead role two months into this job, I'd say it's pretty clear that that's what I'm going for. Um, but yeah, so it's it's one of those items where I think um, being vocal, it's it's kind of a squeaky wheel against the oil sort of thing. Being vocal, being active, and being deserving. And I don't mean like, oh, hey, you're killing yourself working extra hours, this and that. But I was asked, like, how do you think you did? I was, and my answer was... I think I killed it. There's always room for improvement, but here are the reasons I did exceptionally. And I think you all thought I did exceptionally as well um, because I asked for feedback throughout the year and 
most of what I got was positive. Keep on doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting dynamic in companies, and I think this is different. You know, you can, I'm sure you're going to get into different approaches of, of becoming junior to senior, but there, there's this whole aspect of of working your way up in a company and, you know, going from from a junior to mid to senior. And a lot of it is, to your point, Dylan, is just being vocal about your accomplishments. Obviously, you have to do a good job. I mean, that's like, that's the the baseline. You have to maybe even go above and beyond what you're supposed to do to be really recognized. And then it's also being able to sort of make those relationships with other people in your company, or at least be able to be seen and heard enough that when it comes to when eventually that time comes to give people raises and promotions, and when your boss gets a little leeway that they can make a case for you to become, you know, a senior dev or get that bump in pay or whatever career progression goal that you have. Because if you don't kind of be your own advocate in a company, it's it's going to be really hard for you to kind of make that that climbing of the, of the ladder. And fortunately, it's a little bit of politics too. I think, you know, in some companies, it's about who you know, it's who you're friends with. It's And it definitely performance is a part of it. But if you're one of those people that do a great job, but you know, you're not, you're not recognized for your accomplishments. You're not kind of going out there and, and singing your own praises. And it kind of sounds egotistical, but you have to kind of, you have to, you, you can't be um, very meek. You have to be out there and kind of uh, promote yourself a little bit. But I, I think that'll help. And, and even in sometimes though, in some companies that you literally have to wait for people to die or people to to uh, retire before you can move up. And so there's going to be places like that too. So I guess it just depends, but yeah, uh, yeah, just being vocal and being your own cheerleader helps. Yeah. I think you brought up a a good point about career progression in regards to like opportunity. Sometimes there simply are not enough opportunities at where you're at. And I don't know that the sort of millennial generation has as much of an issue with this and, that's definitely the stereotype where millennials stay at jobs for, you know, six months or something, whatever it is. But there, I would say most people's gut intuition is just to work hard, hunker down, and things will work out. But sometimes opportunities just aren't there. Sometimes you need to seek other things. And, you know, you may be at a smaller organization where you can't get a promotion because there's no one, they you know, nowhere to go or maybe you can just get a title change because really they can't afford to pay you that money you know so often we think of you know as senior software engineers like oh hey fat checks fat salaries that's true but not everyone can pay you those fat checks fat salaries fat benefits you you sort of have to be realistic and just because maybe you deserve it and you've you know quote unquote have earned it but if they're they can't pay you it they can't do that for you I mean, it is what it is. If you're on a five-man dev team at a small web dev company, you're not going to have a technical architect. It's just not going to work out that way. Yeah, it just depends on the company you're at. I want to go back one second. So, you know, I've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, showing, you know, being the, you mentioned, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but, (laughs) you know, being vocal on where you want to go. But how do you, let me ask you this. What would you have some tips for people who are like, maybe they're in a company, they've worked there for a couple of years, and they want to make that next role change from 
junior dev to senior dev, or maybe they're going from junior dev and they want to be like a mid-level. I mean, how do they approach that? Who do they need to talk to and how do they work? How do they get those accomplishments to be recognized by leadership and management so that they have a better chance to, to make it, it, make it. Let, let me just, before you answer that, Dylan, I, I will say like back in the day, you know, when I was growing up, people were like, you know, the way you move up in a, in a company is, you know, you come in a little bit earlier than your boss comes in. You leave a little bit later than your boss leaves. You put in some extra time and effort. Uh, you go above and beyond your job title. It, it's, it, you know, you really, really work hard and that's how you kind of move up. And I feel like, I don't know if it's a generational thing or you mentioned millennials, but I, I don't think that's the, the idea. Like the, it's shifted to like companies, you, we don't have any loyalty to companies anymore, so you shouldn't work really hard. But I, I know I, I sort of disagree. What do you think? So I, I think everything you said is is valid, but I think nine out of ten people will be taken advantage of, and they're not going to actually get what they want. So, um, uh, my my sentiment about that is more so about you should be very qualified in your current role, while still working on the things that are expected of the next tier. Going above and beyond in a junior dev role is not the same as going and doing what a senior dev would do. And doing being an exceptional senior dev is not the same that a tech lead would do. And so you need to be growing in the tech lead direction and less in the senior dev direction because you're already at the senior dev level. Not to say you shouldn't do your job well, but you 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 want to be excelling and growing in the next role because as your career progresses, you know. There may be a little bit of what's expected between a jun- junior, mid, and senior level dev, some overlap, but those are really just years of experience. When you're talking about true career progression and leaving one part of the field for another, you're talking about different skill sets. The things that people are going to value from a tech lead perspective are going to be significantly different from a senior dev perspective. Now, one thing that I've always done to communicate to my bosses where it is that I want to go. And I encourage if your organization doesn't have this for you to set it up. Um, but I've, I, I had this happen at one job. I thought it was a great way to have my boss and myself on the same page is I set up a weekly or biweekly meeting with them. No more than 15 minutes, but twice a month, if not once a week, meet with my boss, talk about, hey, how are things going? What's, you know, what's on your mind? Um, how am I doing? what are our goals and directives like uh, what it is what is it that we're trying to accomplish and have that dialogue so that not only do you get to build that familiarity but you also get to clearly communicate what it is that you're doing because to your earlier point it is about who you know to a degree it is about being seen and heard and and being able to have somebody say hey did you know Dylan just spoke at a conference and he's launched a course on this and that you know people are recognizing him online and, and all this sort of stuff. You have, it's your opportunity to get to know your boss better and also support the goals that they have so that they can support the goals that you have. Yeah. So a little bit of, of just keeping that communication line open with your boss. I know most places I work at have like a one-on-one and you can kind of determine if you want to do weekly or every other week with your boss. I think that's a great way to keep the communication lines open. And it's also, if you do it too often, then it feels almost like they might be micromanaging you. So you got to be careful not to 
get into that where they're like, okay, this project is here. Where, where are you at? Where is this? I mean, like, like getting into the weeds and details of every single thing you're doing and kind of managing you, but just giving you like your one-on-one should be more of a, of a, like, you know, here's what I've been doing, but you know, how, how first as an employee, how can you help your boss out, take some load off their shoulders? If there's things that you can do to make their life easier, I would say that would be a good priority, but also, are you doing some things that could also help the organization out? Like you said, if you're maybe a junior dev and you're you're focused on that senior dev track, are you doing the things to be a senior dev? Yeah, I, I like that idea. I think also just, you know, off the top of my head, you know, being like we're all in the COVID world right now, or many companies are, so we're all working remote. So maybe, you know, leaving your camera on a little bit so people could see you and your reactions. You know, I don't like turning my camera on all the time, but it's it's nice to to have that on every now and then, and people actually see you. You know, participate in the all hands meetings. You know, ask questions, thoughtful questions. Be volunteer. You know, when people ask for volunteers for projects, you know, large companies they have so many internal projects, and it can actually be fun. Some like I was at a company that had they had a safety team, and the safety team just essentially was the guys that helped make sure that all the fire um, fire extinguishers were working around. They would help do the every three month fire drills. Have you ever been in a company that had a fire drill? I, I've always been in a company that has had fire drills for some reason. Yeah. And you go like to the parking were, lot and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go to the parking lot for like a, like 20 minutes and then go back to work. And it was just kind of like little neat things there. Or um, at some companies we've had, a, a volunteers that would go and donate their time to charities in town. And sometimes the company would help either pay for the event or help donate money to it. So um, one company was really involved with Habitat for Humanity. And in my city, they had a Habitat house. So everybody went like half a day and, and helped put stuff together there. And also realizing too, when those little events happen outside of work, or with, you know, kind of organized by the work, just don't go to them, but help organize them too, I think is, is important. So first, if you say you're going to be there, be there, but also like if they need help with, you know, carrying things to the event or setting it up, yeah, be that person to help do that. And your bosses and the, and your management will really appreciate that because management likes doing all these little, these, these things outside of work. But I, I have a feeling that they don't like the part where, they have to organize everything and buy all the food and bring in the coolers and things like that. And if you could be the person that helps with all that, uh, you, you definitely will be, will stand out just a little bit. I mean, obviously it doesn't have to do with job performance. I, I, you know, I've, have you, have you been in companies that have like barbecues and, and things like that? And do you, did you, did you attend them? Do you, I, I do. And I think it's important too. It's one of those opportunities where they get to see you as you instead of you as the developer, if that makes sense. And I think that's crucially important and kind of to your, to sort of a point within there uh, about like helping out and doing things. One way that I think that you really can do showcase you're doing an exceptional job, whether it's in a barbecue sense or a little bit more of a professional sense is when you're given tasks to show up with solutions and not ask for direction, uh, that's usually how I like to do things where I say, okay, this is the feature you need. This is what I'm going to do. This is my thoughts. And just 
get going. I think probably one of the things that makes your manager's lives easier is not having to deal with you. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but giving them <laughs> like giving them the the ability to trust that you are going to be able to self-direct yourself in a proper way. And after going and presenting some solutions and doing things and like, you know, if here my my sentiment is that if a manager is involved in my life, then I am not doing a good enough job as an employee. Like I want to be doing such an exceptional job that they can worry about all the people who aren't. That is so true. Actually, I think that's good advice for like relationships too. Like if I go to my wife, I'm like, so we have this problem. And then I just go, you know, not say anything. Then it's like, I've given her another problem to deal with. But if I go, we have this problem and hey, and I think we should do this. Then that be, then she could be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yes, we should do this or yes, we should not do this. And so that, I think that also helps out. Also like, I don't know if you and your girlfriend ever have this. It's like, hey, I'm hungry. Okay. Uh, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. And then you're like, you're going to have to play this game of like, okay, well, uh, do you want Mexican? Do you want pizza? I don't know. It's something good. And then you're like, okay, now I have to figure out like, where do I want to, you know, where should we eat? You know, what should we do? But if I come to my wife, and this doesn't work all the time, but I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm having craving for pizza how about we go to you know how about i just go grab the pizza down the street like perfect that's great but if i bring it up to be like hey do you want you know what are you hungry for then all of a sudden it takes her time and effort to think about like what she wants to eat and then we have this huge discussion (laughs) i don't know it's uh i I saw this horrible uh meme it's a little bit sexist but i'm gonna share it anyhow uh is it was adam and eve and eve is is eating an apple and the caption was um the last time uh, last time your girl decided what to eat caused the end of the world. And I was like, oh, okay. You got to follow. So for those of you on Facebook who like classical art memes, go ahead and the nice Facebook group. Uh, classical art memes is one of my favorites. So it's, a, it's a little bit of class and culture all in one, that, that page. Well, I've seen two. One where it was a movie, The Notebook. And he goes, what do you want? What do you want? And it's just that, it's just that picture of that, of Ryan Reynolds. Is it Ryan Reynolds? Ryan uh, whatever the actor is. Ryan Gosling. Thank you. I'm just saying that over and over again. And sometimes I send that to my wife and she loves it. She loves it when I do that. Yeah, it's, I feel like Notebook's one of those movies that, like, I have no, I've never seen it. But I, for whatever reason, I know the actors, and it's just because it's like the it's the cliche sort of um, a romantic film of a generation almost. Yeah, yeah, I think a, a lot of uh, a lot of women like that movie. Um, probably like like a lot of guys like you know Star Wars and Taken. That's my go to. Taken. <laughs> Taken. <laughs> uh... Yep. Yeah, very cool. Uh, where were we? So yeah, just yeah, I, I agree. Just bringing, you know, bringing more solutions than, or if you have a problem, coming up with your own solution can definitely make things easier for your boss. Do you have any other tips for people? Uh, since I know we're probably moving on from this topic, but any other tips for people to like career progress in their current job right now? Is it? Do you think it's more of a long game for most companies? I mean, you pretty much have to put in the time. 
I so I think it depends. I I would say um one thing to really consider more than anything else is to have an understanding of what it is you want to do and what it is you want to accomplish. So often people say, "Hey, I just want to move forward." I don't think that's enough. Move forward how? Move forward where? Move forward to what? Like you you you're like, "Okay, I want to be junior to mid." mid to senior senior to tech lead or maybe senior to like a a manager role or maybe you want to you know i think to have a clear definition of what it is you're striving for is really important so often people are like i just want to move forward that's you know that's fine like i'm with you i want to move forward i want to make fatter checks i said that in my uh career progression it's like hey i want to be a tech lead i want to you know manage the people and grow my skill that way and i want to get paid more and that's those are fine things to have but know what it is you're trying to accomplish once you have that go and do some research about what it is those roles entail what it is organizations are looking for you could do that at by looking at job apps or going on on um you know youtube channels for god's sake and i think you you'll especially from an intern level to like a senior dev level there's a lot of stuff out there but as you go from like a senior dev where a lot of us a lot of our careers will stop there's nothing wrong with that but You'll advance very quickly to a senior dev, and then the opportunities become less and less as you go to a lead or a manager or a director or a senior director or anything above that. And that's it's going to get slightly harder. And so you need to understand what it is those roles require and what it is that you need to do to be able to go to that level and just really have a clear understanding, I think, is really important. I think that's important to call out, too, is that it's okay to be to be okay where you're at like it it doesn't you don't have to keep moving forward it's not like your life is really your life comes down to you know what you value and and what makes you happy and at some point the level of responsibility and the job duties is going to change if you keep moving up that ladder like there's very few organizations that have like an infinite ladder of promotions for developers i mean Eventually, your promotion will require you to learn a new set of skills, especially management, that you may not want to do. So not all of us, I've heard this over and over again. I was just listening to a podcast the other day where she was like, I have been, uh, there was this, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but she she had been in the uh, tech industry for like 20 years and she had moved from you know a junior role to a senior role pretty early in her career and then since then she had gone to principal and, and architect and things like that but one thing she said throughout her career is that um as being a woman in tech um, this might have something to do with it it's a lot of times they management would ask her to to be more of a lead or a manager and she just didn't want to do that next step like she said she didn't want to do it it's not her it's not what she finds fun she doesn't like to manage people and that's a, a lot different skill than being able to solve problems all day. And, you know, the interviewer is like, oh, well, that's fine. You know, that that's that's completely OK. And I think that's important to to, to realize that eventually sometime in your career, you're going to hit that plateau. And for some of us, we want to break through and we want to learn management. Like I, I went and got my MBA and I definitely am interested in more of the management side of things as my career progresses. You know, I'm really happy being a web web developer and doing front end development full stack. But I definitely like the aspects of of teaching other people, of having people, you know, help them fixing things out, being more of a leader. 
but there's definitely people, a lot of people in the tech community, I, I think that's not a great path for them. I mean, we're kind of known, I mean, if we're going to throw some stereotypes around, we're, you know, tech people and, and especially software developers, we're usually a little bit more geeky, a little bit more shy, a little bit more introverted, and we don't really like let those sort of tasks of leading people. So you just keep that in mind. Yeah, so I, I guess we should probably talk a little bit more directly about maybe going from like the path of an intern to a senior level developer as progressing because we've we've been sort of talking about bits and pieces and and not necessarily um more i guess more general tips and tricks for lack of a better word um what would your advice be if you got because i i've only had a, a single internship and i i don't remember have you, have you done some interns before yeah, I had an internship. Yep. How did now when you went from intern to your next role? I know I know you did um some some QA and you did dev before that. What was any advice you'd have for people trying to go from okay, I have some internship experience to a, you know, their first full-time junior level role? Yeah, sure. So first, an internship is a great way to get your foot in the door in a, of a company that you want to work at. So if you can get an internship somewhere, you are halfway through because I would say most interns get hired on at the job that they're interning for, unless it's just a quick summer internship and you're going back to school the next year. But it's a it's such an in and it, it really helps you out to get into that junior level position. And I think we've talked about this before in our college episodes. If you're going to a university or for your college, I think internships are are much easier to get, especially at larger companies, because they have special programs just made for college students, and they have summer internships. So if you want to work, uh, work work at Microsoft or Google or Amazon, I mean those they have really good internship programs. Even smaller companies, like Fortune 500 type companies, not necessarily the Fang type companies we always talk about. That's the Facebook, Alphabet, Google, Amazon, even the the Netflix, even those non those non uh, fang companies have pretty good internship programs. So if you're in a, a college setting, I would really highly recommend even maybe even your sophomore or, or, or uh, even maybe even your freshman year to start reaching out to those internships. Now, if you don't, if you're not in college, I know Dylan got an internship and I don't think he was in college at the time or he was just leaving college. It might be a little bit difficult. So yeah, once you're inside the internship, the best advice I could give you is just to really work hard. And I know that's cliche, and I know I talked about working hard earlier as being, um, um, Dylan said, maybe a way that the employer can take advantage of you. But in the case of an internship, as long as you're getting paid for that internship, that's a really important thing, uh, that I, I don't think they can really take advantage of you that much. Uh, you obviously you have to have some boundaries. I wouldn't work 70 hour a week worth an internship, but if I could put in like 45, 50 hours a week on an internship and really show them that I'm motivated, that I'm willing to learn, uh, that will really help you in your career. And it's also a time to, to realize a good internship will understand that you don't know everything and that, that, uh, that they need to really teach you the ropes to, to exceed. And I would say that they give you some help. They sh a good internship will leave will have you assigned to a mentor or someone that can really help you progress. Uh, that doesn't mean they can spend all day with you all day, every day, but they should be able to give you maybe a couple of hours, a few hours a week, maybe at most, to kind of help you with your job progression. But then it really goes back to you about, 
just learning the techniques and learning the job yourself. So it might it might be uh, it might be the time that you go home after you're working at an internship eight hours a day and just learning whatever technologies that you are struggling with. Uh, one thing I I wish I had done during my first internship is we were in a really complicated Java code base. And we, I think we were even using ASP.NET. And I had barely any knowledge of Java at the time. This is not JavaScript, but Java. And barely any uh, understanding of ASP.NET. And I was working just three or four hours a week. And or not a week, probably like 20 hours a week, I should say. Maybe a few hours a day. And I would really struggled like trying to understand the technology. And they were very, very... Um, not very helpful. Like they gave me one guy that sort of, uh, sort of was kind of being my mentor, but then he was really busy and he couldn't help me all the time. And I would call up other departments to get help with things and people wouldn't return my calls or emails. And I remember like being in, in a meeting with my mentorship guy and he flat out told me, Hey, he's like, Hey, I think you should probably be better doing DevOps or system administration than, than development. So somehow I didn't make the connection with him or I didn't show him enough that I could be a software developer um, at that internship. So that really kind of was a little bit of a blow to my ego. I'm like, that's not that's not true. Like I could definitely be a software developer. Obviously, I didn't say anything to him at the time and and that that internship ended. But I think if I would have done it again, I would have put in the extra time outside of work. I would have tried to figure out a way with my school schedule to get even more time and to work hard so that I can just kind of land that that junior developer job. Yeah, and I, I think you made a, a good point there about your... Most internships are usually doing like a trial run to a degree. Not all, but a good portion of them and having the... You know, going in there with the understanding of, all right, here is my time to shine. And... If there was a time where I would, of all time, say, hey, put in a little bit of extra effort at the workplace, an internship is definitely it. Because getting experience is one of the hardest things that you're going to do. I tell people all the time, like, learning to code and becoming a software engineer in terms of skill set, that's going to be hard. But it's going to be just as hard, if not harder, to get that for get your foot in the door. Sometimes it takes people years. And if you're lucky enough to get an internship, you, you have the opportunity a lot of times to get an easy way into, you know, to get that experience and get going and sort of get that rocket on your career. And so putting in a little bit of extra time at work, as well as outside of work, putting 10, 20, 30, 40 hours a week outside of work, it sounds extreme, but a lot of these internships are three months. You throw an extra 20 hours a week of learning the skills diving in deep and just trying to ramp up and progress so that every day you go back to work, if you have a question about your own studies in regards to what your workplace is doing, you then have the opportunity to grow faster and have access to resources that you didn't before. So when it comes to another thought, Oh, oh sorry. I was on mute there. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. Like, Hey, why isn't he talking? I, I was just going to say that another, I, I completely agree. Another thought too if during an internship, getting to know your coworkers is really, really important. Like, uh, if if you can, you know, go and have lunch with them, go and have a couple of beers after work with them, get in, you know, become friends with them. That will help your case so much because a lot of times the manager is so busy they don't have time to, uh, you know, monitor you and figure out how well you're doing in the internship. 
other than maybe the weekly reports you give them. But they're also going to look a lot to your coworkers to say, hey, you know, because this is kind of like you said, a trial run. So they're going to bring your coworkers in and be like, hey, how's Eric doing? How do you like working with Eric? And if you can't make that like connection with your coworkers, it's gonna you're going to be at a big disadvantage. And now not everyone's going to like you. There's definitely places where you work at where so you just rub someone the wrong way and you just can't help it. That's just who you are. But for the most part, trying to just make friends with your coworkers and your internship and try to build good rapport. And also your manager for some, you know, for two, so obviously don't, you know, brown nose and, and, and whatever, whatever, that would probably make everyone mad. But, you know, having a good relationship with everybody is going to really uh, go a long way because people like to work with people they like, you know, you, you don't want to work with someone you don't like or you don't think is not doing enough work or things like that. Just another quick tip. Yeah, and to that point, I I would I would also argue make sure that you're making the connection with people who matter. Uh and I I don't mean that in like a very negative way, but there are a lot of there you're going to have a lot of uh coworkers and not everyone's um value of you is going to matter. There are going to be maybe your manager and maybe your direct colleagues and you know, putting the effort into getting, there's a limited amount of time. And this is going to sound kind of, what's the word, harsh. But I think, um, I think at the end of the day, if you have a limited amount of hours, when you go to those outings, talk with, you know, your managers, talk with those higher ups. And I, I always make it a goal of mine to speak to the presidents and the vice presidents and the directors and get, to know them so they get to know you and it, it it's like going to a meetup like sometimes people feel weird about this where you go to a meetup and you're talking to people and your goal is to get to know them or for them to get to know you and it's not really for you to be like oh give me a job but it's kind of that at the same time but not not so direct but get to know those people who you know you may not have an opportunity to see all that often because they're doing you know they're flying and traveling a lot i always make that my goal to be seen, be heard, uh, feel connected, and share my voice. So when they say, hey, we're only hiring two of the four interns, anybody's got any thoughts? And the director goes, yeah, I like Dylan. Keep his ass around. Dylan stays around. So it's something to keep, keep in mind. I, I like that too. I like, yeah, being friends with like your boss or your boss's boss or your or the executives or the vice presidents, like that could be like game changing in your career, especially if you're in a organization that really promotes people from in within i mean not even it's not even like obviously you can't be super friends with your bosses and executive teams to a certain point it's it's you can and you can't i guess it just depends uh but if you could sort of build that relationship and and have them know who you are and, and they know you you for good work i think that's helpful too if they can even fast track you in in whatever career progression that you wanted that that'll be very helpful in the future but it's also it has to be genuine right like you can't if people know that you're just trying to use them as a stepping stone to get into the next level then then that's not right at all like you can't do that and people uh people catch on to that like you're just trying to i don't know be ungenuine that's not good yeah i think you used the right word i was struggling to define how to how to convey this but genuine is important and you know, whenever you, whenever somebody feels like all you're trying to do is use them, there's 
<laughs> like, like they, your boss may be like, hey, um, I like Dylan. Then his boss may be like, I don't. <laughs> so like that will be the end of it as well. Um, and so get to getting to know people and making connections and and talking to them. It needs to come from a place of like, hey, I'm just genuinely interested in what's going on. And I personally, for me, it works quite well because I am interested in like what a VP does. Like I am interested about what somebody multiple tiers above me does, how they think, what they do, because one day I hope to be there. And it's like anything else, being able to pick their brain when you're in a position to do it, do it right. Like take advantage of that. The thing I tell junior developers, and I guess to the point about going from junior to senior, we'll talk about in a second, is that when you are surrounded by senior developers, think back before you were a junior developer, how much would you have killed to have multiple senior level developers around you to ask questions, get direction it's the same thing, but it has to come from a place where you're not looking to take advantage and you're just being genuinely interested. Yeah, it reminds me too, we talked about this in a previous podcast, like the, the random people that just email us that want us to do things for them. Like I had some random person like said, can you look over my LinkedIn profile and give me some tips of like I can do pros and cons of like how well my, my profile is and how I should update it to be a software developer. And in some respects, I'm like, I kind of want to help this person out. But in the other respect is like, I got, I got family and I do tons of videos and I, I put a lot of stuff out there. I can't like personally go through and, and do these things for you unless maybe I get paid. And, and it feels like people sort of shortcut that getting to know you becoming friends part um, and then go straight to, can I get something from you? And so that, I think that's the part, part you can't miss. So if you're talking to executives or anybody in life, if you kind of shortcut that, like, hey, getting to know you, hey, maybe I can help you out first before I ask you for something, uh, th- that'll go for a long way. And people will see if you, you know, if you don't ever know this executive and you email them one day and be like, hey, can you give me a, 10 tips on how to become a better developer? Like, they may be up for that, but they may be like, hey, I can't, you know, take time out of my day and just do this. I don't even know you. Yeah, it's... um. It's actually really disheartening when I get those emails. <laughs> like I, I, I try to be understanding to a degree, but some of it just makes me feel like, and then, then oh my god, and then it's even worse when sometimes you say, you know what, man, I, I can't, I'm too busy, and then they, they basically tell you you're full of yourself and all this sort of shit, and it's like, no, man, I, I'm just doing shit. I'm trying over here. Uh, so, so, but yeah, um, but yeah, so, um. I guess we should talk a little bit about going from junior to senior before we sort of wrap up this this podcast. Um, this is getting a little bit long, um, as we do. It, it seems our normal podcast is about an hour nowadays. Yep. Um, but uh, I, I mean, I talked a little bit about using the resources around you, and I think that's really crucial and important. Another thing I, I think is that you have to understand the expectations are different from going, I'm just going to say junior to senior, but just imagine mid being in, in between is that the things like being a junior level developer is just being able to get it to work. Um, being a senior level developer is getting it to work in, in a better way to make it more uh, easily modified and make it's getting your code to work so that if I jump into it, I can understand why it works the way that it works almost. And having 
following some principles and some designs and maybe testing, I think is really important. Although in fairness, I think like half of all senior developers hate testing. Um, but those are the things that ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those are the things that I think that you go from just being able to work to be able it to work well and be able to jump back in and continue to expand upon it. I have a, a list of these type of little idioms. I mean, they're kind of pithy, but some of them hold some truth. I can. I actually was reading a book called Swizik. Uh, it's called The Career Guide by a, a guy named Swizix. A Coding Career is the name of the book, and he has this. Uh, he has this whole chapter on going from a junior to senior. So, hey, do you mind if I just mention a few of these? Yeah, go for it, man. Okay. So uh, juniors collect solutions. And by the way, I'll put a link to this in our show notes if you guys want to pick up this book. Uh, juniors collect solutions. Seniors collect patterns. Juniors get code working. Seniors keep code working. Juniors deliver features while seniors deliver outcomes. Juniors fix bugs after they create them. Seniors create tooling to preclude bugs. Juniors write tests because it's required. Seniors require writing good tests because they've seen what happens when you don't. Juniors hate technical debt. Seniors have written code that became tech technical debt and know when, it let, know when to let it be and when to migrate. Juniors love to keep code dry. That's don't repeat yourself. Seniors avoid ha hasty abstractions. Juniors try to write the best code the first time. Seniors understand code is read, moved, copy, and deleted far more than it is written. Juniors know how to use their tools, while seniors know when not to use them. Juniors make off-side projects. Oh, juniors make one-off side projects. Seniors use their side projects daily, often to make themselves more productive at their day job. Juniors learn to find the right answers, while seniors learn to ask the right questions. Juniors know when they need to know. Seniors know what they don't need to know. Juniors should absorb best practices from others. Seniors can derive best practices from first principles and personal game. Juniors get stuck without docs and tutorials. Seniors aren't afraid to read specs and view source. Juniors might have strongly held beliefs. Seniors have had to change strongly held beliefs. Juniors question themselves when they fail. Seniors know they just need to give themselves more time and try again. Juniors stay on top of the news. Seniors keep track of trends. Juniors try to avoid mistakes. Seniors have, them, have made them all and know how to recover. And juniors laugh at software tropes. Seniors knows there's a grain of truth in all of them. And there's a lot more, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah, there, so there's a quite quite a lot that you said there. And there's one thing that I that really resonated with me. And that was, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but um, essentially about junior developers go and do what other people do while senior developers think about it and figure out what's best to do to a degree. And I think this is really truthful. Uh, and I, I, I was guilty of this in the past where, I'd be like, well, the Angular team does it this way. And like most of the time they're right looking back, but sometimes they're they're wrong. And you, what you have to remember is that when you're dealing with 
developers on the internet. They're just developers on the internet. Like, <laughs> like that's it. And that um, when you go and you use a package, or you go and use something else, think about if this actually makes sense based off of your own knowledge and your skill set and, you know, where to go from there. And I, I think too often people just make assumptions and take things and, and say, oh, cool, cool. This is, they did it this way. I'll just do it the same way instead of really analyzing what it is. And I, I think as a senior developer, it's important for you to, to be the, to, to be on the other side of the coin and say, Hey, if I was to share some knowledge and do this, am I doing it the right way? Or am I just doing it the way everybody else does it? Cause I can tell you from a general perspective that if everybody else usually does something one way, and it hasn't been questioned in a long time. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the best way. It could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is. And I think it's important to understand why something is, not just that something is. Yeah, keep like dig dig a little deeper. Try to understand why you're doing something. Just uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, for some of the the JRE listeners, as uh, Eddie Bravo would say, you gotta look into it. You gotta gotta look into it. Gotta... Yep. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. I I got that reference. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so should we uh we've talked about it a bit. Should we leave it there? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is kind of a sh- uh, a good episode, I think, for for people who are looking at their careers. Did you I don't think we ever got to the point where we kind of touched on it, but you said that we talked a lot about how to internally move up, but the other career advice that I think you touched on was to moving moving jobs do you have any like quick tips for that yeah so um first thing i I would say is that when you present yourself present yourself as somebody who is already in that job just not entitled um and i think that's important so between your job descriptions between your job duties how you refer to it um and the the truth of the matter especially when you're going from anywhere from an internship to a senior level role that that's where the most movement can happen after that it's going to get a little bit harder as things typically will go as you progress upwards there's going to be more competition and less roles available and i think it's probably in most people's best interest to jump jobs for that until you find a place that you like but between presenting yourself as that individual and you know going over some of the the tropes that you just said and applying them right Uh, so often people just read things and forget them. It's all about applying them, learning from them, thinking about them when the situation arises and not over applying them when they don't uh, arise, but just presenting yourself, gaining the skills and then looking for those opportunities. Not to say that you shouldn't be hoping for the opportunities at your work, but as we stated at the very start of this, it's about being intentional. If you're waiting for something to happen good in your life, at your current workplace or anywhere else, instead of going and getting that good thing through hard work and dedication and being very intentional, you're going to be waiting a very long time. While if you go and you do, you go and do rather than go and wait, you'll get there much faster and usually with a higher level of success. You're here. Yep. Yeah. I would say it's still going to take a long time, (laughs) but it, it should be faster if you're intentional, depending on what, level you're making it to it could take a long time yeah and i I think that's important to be realistic right like i want to be a a dev manager for instance uh that's my next goal i i love coding and i love working with developers 
but what I've sort of over the last four or five years I've been doing development, what I've sort of learned is that I like coding my own stuff more than I like coding for an organization. And I like, I want to, I want to dive deeper into the business aspect because that's different. And so I still want to code for a living, but I looked up like I, my career has progressed pretty rapidly from the start and it's slowing down a little bit. And at times that may be frustrating, but the reality of the situation is that like in the Stack Overflow survey, dev managers on average have 12 years of experience. I'm not even halfway there. So if I were to, let's say, wait four years, I do it at eight years. I'm going pretty quickly by traditional standards. So, you know, you may not be going at the light speed that you want, but if you're very intentional and you're working towards it, I think, and given my scenario, four years of time of what it is I want to do and how I'm going to get there, that's something that's very achievable. But you have to also be very re- realistic, and you know you can't go and become a typically become a, a you know a real senior dev in two years or one year or you know I did in two years, but you're typically not the the way most people are going to do, and that's okay. So don't get down on yourself and don't beat yourself up if you don't hit the goals that you're achieving. But be aggressive and be intentional, and you'll get there eventually. See everybody. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you want to find more about what I'm up to, go to dylanisrael.com. And if you want to know what I'm up to, you can check out my website at eric.video. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And if you do, you might even be featured on our next episode. Don't forget to check out the website at selftaughtornot.com. From there, you can sign up for a mailing list where we give away free courses and a bunch of cool stuff. And we'll also let you know when the next episode comes out. And finally, if you didn't know, we have a Facebook group. It's called Code Tech and Caffeine. We have over 10,000 members. And you can find the link at selftaughtornot.com. So come join us. We have tons of developers willing to help you guys, mentor you guys. Check it out. Just make sure you go to selftaughtornot.com and check out the Code Tech and Caffeine link. Thanks and take care.